hey everyone uh welcome to today's episode of emotional duct tape i had to check my mic to make sure it was working can i'm so i don't even know why but <laughs> jamie how are you um hi cory i'm good um i mean i guess i say i'm good i'm not good i'm not good but i will be good um i will be good uh it's just been a a heck of a day um my my body is is doing crazy things um from from the medication and uh like last night i was out um and you know i don't really go out ever but my friend was in town and uh started to pass out while we were out um so not awesome uh situation i think i'm just really overwhelmed um it's hard enough to heal um but then to be also trying to juggle a very very stressful job and um and treatment and everything i think my body was just like you have to stop now <laughs> like i'm going to make you stop um and so i'm just frustrated and tired but uh but okay because i'm here with you <laughs> Aww, I, I love you friend um yeah that's too. <laughs> I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad your camera's on because earlier you started the show with with no camera on now i get to see your face because yeah we, we actually took a week off from recording last week too so that was like a whole yeah i know it feels like we haven't um you know spent spent any time together like i haven't spoken to you what's going on over there Nothing too crazy. Had had a little minor health scare. Uh, more, oh shit! More more my oh, own sorry, anxiety. Language. No one cares. Like, <laughs> like this is like this podcast. We're not going to start censoring people now. Um, but no, I had a little a little little health scare. Mainly, mostly my internal paranoia and stress. But I'm okay. So. Oh, we're right. both like just maybe we're Et and Elliot, and then like that's what's going on. Oh my like, God, we could be. That's amazing. That's oh. exactly. Uh, <laughs> that's amazing oh my goodness i love it so uh today's episode um is is kind of like a trip down memory lane because we're talking to somebody i haven't talked to since high school um i think i'm pretty sure at least we we, we uh tentatively agreed that we haven't talked since high school so um please welcome to the show my friend lindy de young hi guys thank you for having me so, Hi, so this is your first podcast ever being on a podcast. Um, so there is more pressure on us to be to set a really good bar for you for all future podcasts, <laughs> more than it is for you to be a good guest on this show. So no pressure. Thank you. I, I feel a lot of pressure. Like I better <sighs> be good. <laughs> no, it's all good. Yeah, we uh, you and I went to high school together. You were a couple graduating classes before us. And actually, Jamie, you probably don't know this. First off, we went to a charter school, but second off, our school, we, we actually, like the way it was started, we kind of got up in the grades as the school was expanding. So Lindy was the first graduating class ever from my high school. Oh, that's really cool. It was a whole, a whole 23 of us together. So my graduating what? class was 23 people. And I think there was like 150 something people are in, in our entire high school um so we were itty bitty <laughs> that's crazy that's crazy i thought i came from a small town my town didn't have a high school at all and i had to like get on the highway to go to my school i got to like choose between other schools but like that's crazy yeah yeah and then um my mine was 35 i think so like it just it's so wow so crazy, but it's really cool 
but yeah so lindy and i reconnected recently uh on on the facebooks as as, as people <laughs> do um and i saw this post about you talking about a new job and somehow i learned that you in the recent years had a really bad accident a career ending accident and so there's been a whole lot so yeah let's talk let's talk about what happened and then we'll kind of build the story from there so i joined um the air force right out of high school at 17 and i um you know i really loved it for the first six years (laughs) um and then i developed ptsd uh, and I was a, a medic and it was still really frowned upon for medical personnel to get mental help, uh, mental services. And so I became really bitter and really angry. Um, and then during that time, I also worked part-time as a personal trainer, like on my days off at a gym, cause I'm definitely a, a gym rat and <laughs> was that way in high school too. Uh, and I really felt like I could only give people so much. Uh, fitness advice because I couldn't give them the help with the nutrition. Um, So I became a reservist, uh, got off active duty, went to Arizona State University, got my degree in uh, nutrition science and dietetics. Um, And at first I hated the reserves, but ended up really, really loving it. Um, And so, you know, years down the road, I was literally just driving to work uh, on base and I was in a severe car accident Um, where I got smushed between a pinnacle moving truck and a pickup truck hauling a trailer. Um, So I had a little Nissan Juke. Her name was Roberta. And you had to say it like that, Roberta, right? Um, I love that. (laughs) Yeah, she was so cute. Um, But she she got pushed up and under the pinnacle truck. Um, So the coroner literally cut my engine in half up to my windshield. Um, The back seat was in the front seat. Um, and so when it happened, uh, so this, this is the kind of the funny part to show how messed up my military brain was. Um, I, I, I went unconscious for a little bit, but I like, I, w- I kind of wake up and I was like, okay, um, this isn't good. Right. And like, I feel like my nose is running. So I start doing like my own medical assessment. I was like, okay, well, my nose isn't broken. I can't feel my legs. So that's not a good sign. So I'm like literally in the car, like palpating my own legs, like feeling them. I'm like, okay, I don't think my femurs are broken, but I definitely can't feel my feet. Um, And then the guy who hit me came up to my driver's side window and is like trying to open my door, but it won't open. And so then he's like running around to the other side. And I literally was like, wait, you can't rescue me. My hair is down. I, I need to put my hair up in a bun because I'm not in military regulations right now. Cause like, you, I don't know, you can't really see too well, but I have really long uh, curly hair. And so my hair is, it's always a disaster, but um, in military regulations, you can't have your hair down. You have to have it up in a bun. And so I was like, whoa, whoa, wait, if you're going to pull me out, I need to have my hair up first. Right. And the important things in life. So oh I get my, my hair goodness. up. Yeah. And then he gets the other side, my passenger side door open. Um, and he grabs into my armpits and he pulls me out um, of the car and then just like literally like plops me outside and just like runs off to do whatever. So at least I had like the forethought to like take some pictures. Um, and then I called 911 while like laying on the ground. I was like, yeah, um, it's in a car accident. What? Yeah, because it was on the middle of the island. Wait a minute. Like you had your yeah. phone. I'm sorry to interrupt, but yeah. I'm just like, this guy did not stay there with you and no. call and no 
uh, so like it was in the middle of like an on-ramp a two-lane on-ramp so we were like oh my god, oh my god, blocking, oh my god. Like, all of traffic because like that's I couldn't how it happened is like I was just driving along in the left lanes I drive and right and the pinnacle moving truck is stopped with his hazards on right after a curve on this on-ramp so I stopped behind him and the truck hauling a trailer and another car behind him did not and so that's how so like they were planted and I was stopped and it just pushed me right up and under so then like nobody could get over to the other side because the trailer like flipped um through so like I call and I was like you know oh there's a car accident and my voice is like a little shaky um because I got to listen to the recording and it so it's kind of funny but uh it it was definitely like I just sounded weird and like a little off and then um I crawled over to the side of the road and then I called my unit and I was like, hi, I'm going to be late. Um, I was just in a car accident and I'm going to need to go to the hospital. So I'm going to miss roll call. Right. <laughs> Cause again, military, what was important? The mission was important. I was not important. I was like, I'm just going to be late and I'm going to get in trouble and I can't be having that. Uh, so then I, I took off my boots and then, um, you know, my, my, the feeling in my legs started to come back and I like checked my distal pulses and my feet. So I was like, okay, I have circulation. This is a good sign. Um, and what had actually happened is my femurs got pushed back and pinched the blood vessels and nerves in my hips. Um, so I got cracks in my facets at L5 through S1. So um, if you don't know what that is, it's your lower back. So where everybody gets back problems, uh, the facets are the little things that kind of hang down. Well, mine got cracked from the compression. Um, and so which to this day causes a lot of pain because I refuse to have back surgery. <laughs> um, and, you know, then the ambulance came and they came and picked me up, um, picked up the other girl who was in the other car, um, took us to the hospital. And um, when I was at the hospital, all they could find was like lots of bruises and contusions. Like I was scraped up everywhere because of all the glass that like came in. Um, but they said, okay, you're fine. And they released me to go home. And my unit said, hey, you don't have to come in. I was like, okay, well, I'll be there tomorrow. Um, and my ex came and picked me up. Um, and then I started to have really bad right knee pain. Um, and it like swelled up like a balloon. And I was still like trying to work out, trying to do my normal stuff. Cause I thought I'm just fine. It's just bruises. Um, and then I was trying to kind of rehab it. And I felt like this huge pop and I went down. Um, come to find oh. out in the car accident, I basically tore and ruptured all the, all my own cartilage in my knee. Um, so, uh, shortly after maybe, maybe six months after I had to have my right knee reconstructed. So they did what's called a de novo procedure. So they opened my leg up. It looks, it looks like I had a knee replacement, um, renew, removed my patella, cleaned out all my cartilage, put in, um, cadaver cartilage. They put Oh in, yes. Oh yeah, yes. Right? I've got the cadaver right? bone in me too. Right. So I'm like, I have zombie bone. <laughs> yes. Ghost, ghost, ghost knee and ghost right? foot over here. <laughs> um, and then stem cells. And then they put my patella back on and it was, um, at the time I did not know it was experimental. Um, the surgeon said, I remember his exact words because this was like an extremely traumatic event to me. Um, he said, you're going to be fine and you're going to be back to normal, right? And so my thought was, I'm going to be normal, right? My normal. Um, and so like after 
the procedure, like my, my whatever week follow up, I'm in this massive brace. So I was in a wheelchair for um, about eight weeks and then I was on crutches for about six months and then I moved to a cane and I was on a, yeah, I used a cane for about a year. Um, but at that first appointment, he, I was like, when am I going to run again? When, when can I play soccer? Um, cause uh, you know, I played soccer all through high school. It's like, it was my happy thing. I was like, when can I rock climb? When can I do my normal activities? And he like dead ass looked at me and was like, oh, you'll never run again. I said, well, you, you specifically said I would be normal. He's like, yeah, you'll be able to walk without pain. And I said, you did not say that. You told me I was going to be normal. And I'll, and he's like, well, you will. And I was like, no, 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 that's not normal for me. So of course, then I like immediately broke down and started crying because it was just like, <gasps> right. So um, the military was obviously not happy because uh, it took me about a year of just, just getting there. Obviously I used a cane for a year. And so I became what's known as a permanent walker, um, which means I was non-deployable. Um, non-deployable members are not great in the military because we can't go anywhere. Um, and because of my rank, I wasn't wasn't going to do a lot. I, I rode the, the desk anyway, because I'm an E7. I'm a master sergeant. Um, but I put in saying I wanted to become a first sergeant, which is kind of like an additional duty. But your job is to be the go-between between the commander and you are the enlisted people's voice. And I, I like to think I would have done a really great job. Um, and I, I missed out on a deployment because of it. Um, and then they're like, oh, you're a permanent walker? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, oh no, you're, you're non-deployable. We can't take you. And I was like, oh, okay, that sucks, but you know, whatever. And then that next day they brought me back in and said, we're going to put you through what's called the MEB, which is a medical evaluation board, which basically determines if you're, if you are medically fit for duty. And that was back in 2017. Mm. Um, and so it felt like literally all in one movement because somebody couldn't put on their brakes, the trajectory of my life literally changed. I was up for a deployment to go back to Germany. I was there for seven months and like absolutely loved it. Um, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't go on the deployment. I couldn't move up into rank where I had wanted to and move up into the other position. I lost my athletic ability. And now the military that I'd been in since I was 17 was saying we don't want you anymore and it was it was literally like um I was like if to losing two huge pieces of my identity and I was like if I lose this I don't know who I am uh and it was it was devastating so I, I can say this now like in a calm way but it took me years of therapy to get where I could talk like this with you guys um and I went into a really deep dark depression um and I became an addicted to narcotic pain relievers um I was I'm about 135 pounds I'm 5'4 and I was taken as much for a male who's six 600 you know six foot tall 200 pounds uh I took meds to you know antidepressants anti-anxiety pain meds meds to make me sleep meds to help wake me up um I was on about 16 different medications and they just kept handing it to me like they were candy. Mm. And then kind of, I slowly started to realize I had zero personality. Um, I didn't want to do anything like stuff that I would have loved to do before. Like I used to paint and things like that. I didn't, I didn't do want to do anything. And just 
literally the thought of getting out of bed took motivation like I'd have to like count myself out like okay you can get up on the count of three you can do this and I I realized like I I don't want to live like this so I started um a program to get off narcotics um which took me about six months on it as it is I did what's called the suboxone clinic um and I'm happy to say I haven't been on any narcotics for two years I'm so Um, happy for you thank you It's, it's a really really tough um tough thing for so many people and it's amazing to hear that you had success yeah it sucked it, it, I definitely say that that's the hardest thing I've ever done in my life um and while I was uh in my really dark place I you know started having going to counseling um and things like that because I was so angry like I was I, I was angry at anything and everything um and my counselor suggested I try yoga. And again, being the very angry veteran I was, I was like, I can barely walk. And you want me to bend over and do all these crazy poses. And of course, like I went back to like, when I was I, before this, I could do all this stuff. I, you know, I was into bouldering and all this rock climbing. And now you want me to do what? Um, so she's like, no, I'm talking about yoga nidra. It's a, a guided meditation. You just lay there. And of course, like, again, inside me, I was like, this is stupid. Like, I'm not doing this. But I was like, I'm going to try, I'm going to try. Um, and it's literally, again, it's, it was an audio recording uh, from my iPhone and you literally just lay there. Um, and I found it helped me immensely um, because yoga nidra helps really kind of help your mind relax um, without literally having to move your physical body. Um, and so I did that and I found that I started to become less depressed. Um, I started to sleep better. Uh, I started to have a little bit more energy. I was able to start to let go a lot of that anger and the frustration. Um, And I wouldn't say that I got out of my black hole, but I definitely like started to see a little bit of light. Um, And then a friend of mine did this course through another veteran nonprofit organization called Betoga. Um, So they help veterans and their family members get their 200 hour yoga certification. Um, and I, and I got into the physical form of like yoga once I could move and walk a little bit better and I still use my cane a lot. Um, and so shortly after I got off of my cane, I got accepted into one of their classes. And I, I will say that, yeah, I would, I would say that during that two week yoga course, um, I healed more mentally and physically than I did in years of therapy or EMDR. And it wasn't just the yoga itself it's that I was normal in that group. Like I wasn't the only one dealing with physical pain and, you know, I was still get weaning off the narcotics who having day, parts where I was going through withdrawals. Um, they were all injured veterans. Like we were all broken. Um, and so it wasn't like someone was like, oh, there's that cripple girl in the back, right? Trying to yeah. do her thing with her massive scars everywhere it was all of us, you know, and like at points, if we just wanted to start crying, we could cry if, and it, and it was so healing that, you know, I, I became extremely passionate about yoga afterwards because of it. And so, um, I will definitely say it's not like my road to recovery is over. I'm actually getting my right knee replaced, like a full old person replacement on September 1st. Um, which uh, they didn't want to do because I'm turning 36 next week. Uh, so I'm his second youngest ever because um, knee replacements only last about 20 years and then you have to get a new one. And so normally they don't like to do it till you're 50. 
um, which is why originally they did the reconstruction. They'd hoped that that was, that was supposed to last me. Um, and then I've gotten uh, the fake, the synvisc injections, which is the fake cartilage. I got so many of those to the point that my knee started rejecting them. Um, I did nerve blocks. I did, you know, you name it, I did it. Um, yeah, sounds these like it. Massive plastic braces I'm supposed to wear all the time, which of course I only wear when I exercise. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, the I would say the hardest thing was the mental side. Like if you can handle physical pain, um, and even get, getting off the narcotics, you can handle it. But having to try to find who I was after the injury was the hardest part. When you were going through the process after you had the um, the accident, obviously, like hearing how calm you were because you're in the military, you're trained how to be calm under pressure. So, like, obviously, there there was a lot of like, okay, let's focus, like, what's the process to, to be calm and get everything, you know, get my hair up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But so from the time, from the time, you know, the, when you went to the hospital to the time where you heard that, um, you know, until you heard that the new norm, the, the normal was going to be new. Um, were you able to even process the possibility of something going wrong? Like, were you just focused on on the positive or were you going to dark places in that time at all? So I didn't comprehend it. I literally just thought like, oh, this is like a sprained knee Mm. and my back hurts like it did before, you know, like I've, I've slipped a disc. I, you know, I got injured playing soccer or in the military or whatever. And it was normal just to take my Motrin, take some muscle relaxers, drink water, um, the, the thing I was more focused on was how annoying it was that my car got totaled. So now I'm trying to work with fight with the insurance companies. Um, it, it literally, there was no, my brain like did not comprehend at all. Um, you know, at first, like I thought like, oh, this is just a pain in the ass. Like I didn't think anything um, until it started to get worse. And my ex made me go in for because the, the swelling in my knee wouldn't go down and I kept trying to still like work out and exercise and it wouldn't get better. Um, and so he's like, well, let's just say, because maybe you tore your meniscus, maybe it was your ACL, um, you know, something like that. Let's just get it checked out. And then um, I went in and they were just like, okay, well, let's do some MRIs. And I was like, oh, a little bit much, whatever. That's fine. I got insurance. It's cool. Um, and then that's when they were like, you need surgery and I was like what uh and again I I I thought I um again this is the bad part of me is that after they told me I needed surgery they booked it for April April 1st um of 2016 right um so again jokingly but uh the last weekend in March I went and did the Memorial Baton uh death march which is a 26 mile rucksack march um, and I was like, um, I've already paid my $130 registration. I'm not going to miss it. Right. And uh, you are a strong willed woman. And I love it. I love it. I mean, at the expense of your health, but, <laughs> but still, it, and I, I mean, was having a great time until like mile 18. And then I was like, this is a poor choice. I should not have done this. Uh, and I made it to mile uh 22 before I was like and I'm done and I collapsed um 
but I like my knee gave out. So of course they try to take me to the medical tent. And I like, I saw one of my other coworkers. I was like, Ian, don't you let me take them in there. Don't you let me take them. They're just taking me back to the hotel so I can go hide. <laughs> um, and then like the mice, of course, my surgeon found out I walked 22 miles uh, and he was pretty pissed about it. But that, then I had the surgery April 1st. Um, and yeah, it, the, the recovery did not go as well. And again, I didn't know that it was considered an experimental procedure. He he talked about how, oh, I've done it with all these other people and it works great. Um, come to find out they were all old people, um, you know, people who were inactive, who just really wanted to walk. And, um, you know, so he, I don't think he definitely didn't take into consideration that I wanted, I was, you know, wanting to stay in the military because I almost, uh, I'm going through the process right now to be medically retired, but I already have, I'm already 100% disabled through the VA. Um, so I don't think he, he considered that when, you know, when he was like, let's open you up. Well, and part of it too is so like, because I've never, since I've known you, you've been like, I remember like the soccer days, like you guys were kicking butt in soccer. Like, this is just me being nostalgic, whatever, but um but yeah, it's not like you had some accident where, uh, where you know you were you blacked out and basically you woke up like you know months or weeks later from a coma, or whatever, and you were out of it. We've had somebody on the show like that, you know. It's where you're, you're, you're cognitive enough to know like what's going on, and you have this directive. I mean, that's got to be really just to be to be functional enough to like not be you know. I mean, you, you obviously had some things going on, but still you were, you were, you had the wherewithal to know like, okay, this is my goal. This is where I'm going to go. And then just to find out like the things that I love, the things that brought me joy, all those things, you know, being, a, you know, a, you wanted to be a career, you know, a military person, you know, as long as you could be um, that, that's just, that would, that would wreck anybody. I mean, yeah, but, but look what you've done. Right. So like, your original dream was, you know, was ruined, but you took that and you found something that you didn't even know that you loved. Um, like, I love your story about, about like, so are you a full, fully a yoga instructor now? Yep. So um, I teach uh, at the Nuevo Fitness Center. I teach yoga for them. Um, I also do like a lot of online yoga classes. Um, in my previous job, I worked for another veteran nonprofit organization called the Wounded Warrior Project. Um, and I taught adaptive sports, corrective exercise, um, yoga and things like that and nutrition for them. And then moving back here to Michigan, uh, I had to leave that position, but uh, we left on very good terms and coming up here. So I'm uh, very happy with my life, but sometimes it's still hard. Like, uh, I, I still battle with depression every day. Um, you know, it's not always the, it's the, the little things, you know, I'm like, I'm walking fine and then my knee will start hurting or my back starts hurting. And I, and, or I know it sounds silly. Sometimes I get really jealous when I see people running and I'm like, look at them just running all willy nilly, happy with their cartilage, not thinking about it. Um, and so it, I definitely got into a lot of really awesome adaptive sports, um, you know, because of my injury, I also got into swimming. So I didn't learn to swim till I was 27. Uh, and then I, I didn't get really big into swimming until after the accident. Uh, when I was 30, I, I started aqua therapy um, again, cause somebody told me it was a great option. Now um, I'm trying to get into the air force warrior games. 
um, on their swim team and teach adaptive sport and, and do adaptive sports and everything like that with them. So um, I definitely found new sports that I really enjoy, um, but I'm not gonna lie and say that it's it's the same. It's not. I still miss running. I still get jealous. I, um, you know, I, yeah, I I do miss those things, but I I try to focus on the positive. Um, you know, if my car had been any smaller, I would have been decapitated versus squished. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm really grateful that I'm, again, I was going to the base because I was on orders. Therefore I got everything paid for. Um, so my injuries are all service connected. So, um, I'm technically retired and I'm hundred percent disabled, so I don't have to work. Um, I do yoga because I really like it. And I teach those fitness classes because I like it. Cause I also go like, if I can do it and adapt exercises, anyone can do it. Right. Um, and I do like that. So one thing, um, we've actually had one, one service uh, member person here on the podcast before. Um, so, and he's talked about, he talked about PSD, PTSD and his as well. Um, so you mentioned that like, right at the beginning how you kind of have that it's when you went through the process of going through yoga and finally getting around to the mental the mental healing did you find that ptsd that you had that existed before the injury did that come Um, around too did that kind of yeah so my ptsd um was is actually as funny as it sounds not related in any way shape or form to my car accident yeah um i was a medic um and I should never have been a medic, right? The, I think it takes a really specific personality type. Um, long story short, I signed the papers when I was 16 with my parents' consent. I was a dumbass and I went in what's called open general. It's I'll take anything that the Air Force needs. And so I was like, um, excuse me, I, the job I want is not on this list. Uh, I wanted to be a physical therapy tech so I could do what I do now. Mm-hmm. Um, I got my first choice job technically from what they needed. Um, but I, I could handle if, you know, I lost or people died who were old or even my own age, um, even military things, people when people died because of service, things like that. Like I get it. We signed on the dotted line. I said I would give up to my life, um, but I could not mentally handle it when I lost a child. Um, and so like, I, I don't want to go into too much detail because this still makes me cry and I still have triggers and things like that, but um, I couldn't handle it. And so uh, something in my brain just snapped and said, no, you're done. You're, you're done. Um, so it's still something I battle with every day. Uh, I've definitely gotten a lot better um, with triggers and things like that. Like in the beginning, I couldn't, I couldn't be around anybody that cooked meat. I couldn't be around bonfires or I couldn't handle if there was a candle in the house. Um, I couldn't handle being around children. Um, like I had a, a ton of triggers that were just, you know, everyday things. So I did really become a recluse and I really didn't do anything unless it was like heavy drinking and clubbing and, and things like that. Cause it happened back when I was 22 and I definitely kind of hit it. 
Um, most people really didn't know it because of the circles I went in. You know, if you don't hang out with people that have kids uh, and you do a lot of inside stuff, nobody asks why you don't go out to bonfires or whatever, you know. Um, and so I, the, I, once I became injured, I, I lost my coping mechanisms, um, which was running. Um, so like if I was really angry or whatever, I would just go for a run or, um, you know, a bike ride or whatever. And then all of a sudden, then I, I couldn't do that anymore. So on top of the physical pain and the physical injury, now I, I had to try to deal with stuff that I had not even touched um, mentally. And so that was also really, really hard. I, I, I'm, I'm proud of you in the sense that um, you were able to, to find your way into to do those things that you needed to, to, to heal yourself. And um, I mean, anybody who's ever been on this podcast will tell you that grief is never like a once, once and done. It's not like, right. it's, not, it's, it's not like a, like a book you ever officially closed. It's just like, it's a chapter you finish. I mean, because the book is going to be going on for a long time and it's really like learning how to take take what you learn and the process to combat those feelings when they come up yes so but i mean there it is in a nutshell like your strong will of like i you know these are the things i used to love to do well what are other things that i can learn to love to do you know and like that's really amazing um but you know all of your um your jealousy and all of that is totally normal. I, you know, I will tell you, I feel it every day. Um, I've every single day, I feel it, you know, um, because yeah, this, this kind of stuff takes away from, from us, right. You know, it takes so much away from us and we didn't ask for it and we didn't do anything to deserve it. Um, in fact, we were just trying to do, you know, we're just trying to do the things we're supposed to be doing. And then, you know, sometimes life just comes in and it's like, Hey, guess what? You're not doing that anymore. And you're like, but why? <laughs> so, you know, um, so. yeah. Uh, another question I have too. So thinking about it now where your life is, and this is more just a, a Corey question. Um, do you think that, that your identity place and all those things that you used to do that you can't do anymore? Do you think that was misplaced as an identity? Oh, big time. Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, choosing to, my identity is, oh, I'm in the military. That, that wasn't my identity. That was a job. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, going, oh, my identity is my athletic ability. Well, I'm not, that's not my identity. I'm an athletic person. I enjoy athletics. Um, but that's a physical trait. I'm, I, I like to say I'm not this shell. This, this shell is not me. I'm inside. Mm -hmm. What's inside is me me is the soul right and so I, I like to jokingly say like i'm ready to transfer my consciousness into a robot body like let's, <laughs> yes. let's yes. let me leave this shell behind because i'm not the shell um and so I, I would say like i'm jamie i'm sure you could feel it. sometimes you feel like the shell has betrayed you and um it's hard and i i think that one thing with grief um is that what I had to learn to let myself grieve because I kept being like, well, I have friends who are in wheelchairs. Oh, I have friends who have amputations. Um, I have friends who died. I have friends that their brain injury is worse than mine. And it was, there's no, like with any injury, you can't compare yourself to others up or down. 
Like I'm allowed to be sad and to cry and to, to go like, yeah, it sucks that my knee doesn't work like it used to. I can't compare myself and go like, well, you know, people be like, well, at least, you know, at least you didn't have to have your leg amputated. Yeah, that, that is good. But I'm still allowed to be sad about this. Like, and sometimes I I'll even tell people, like, well, at least you're alive. I'm like, yeah, thank you. I am alive, but I can still be sad about this. Like, let me just sit here and complain yes. for a little bit and give me a nice pack. <laughs> and then I will be ready to go in a little bit. Yes. Yes. I think people, you know, they don't know what to say. Um, and sometimes they, they so can't relate that that's like the go-to thing. It's like, well, at least you're alive. And it's like, I'm not saying that I'm not happy about being alive. I'm just really sad about the other stuff. <laughs> Thank you very much. So, so yeah. um, it's really <laughs> funny you say that because I think about, you know, the, like, it's, it's that trope about like men versus women, you know, women, you know, when they vent, you know, guys want to provide solutions and it's like, no, they want just someone to listen, but there's, this is a funny little analogy. Um, my son has this book, my, my wife got for him. It's called the rabbit listened. And this is going to sound really silly, but I promise it's, it's, it makes sense. So in the book, this little boy, he's building this beautiful wooden block structure and wind comes and knocks it down. And all these little animals come and they're like, oh, you want to get mad together? Let's or let's let's find somebody. Let's find who did this and let's, you know, let's make them build something. Let's knock it down or let's get angry. Let's scream. And the little boy doesn't want to do anything. And then the little rabbit comes by and just sits there, just listens just just sits there and just is with the kid as he goes through the process jamie i'm gonna read it to you one of these days you're gonna get all emotional about it trust me i know i'm like i need this i need this book just the idea of someone listening to you and just saying like okay yeah this sucks it's not saying it's not comparing you know hey you could be dead you know or you could be amputated no it's just saying yeah this is really shitty i'm sorry this happened to you let's let's be sad together let's let's feel it out you know i think that's it's pretty important. So, um, gosh, it's such a good story. And like, obviously, you know, you like, it's, it's a good positive note to, that you're, you're taking all these things that are healing you, you know, and I'm sure you're making a difference in people's lives, you know, exactly, exactly. giving For them sure. the, the, the tools and maybe they were like you, you know, where they had something happen where, you know, they, they lost a part of themselves or something that they had a misplaced identity. And they get to now be on this side of it and, and healing. Um, one thing we do on this show, we always ask our guests to finish this sentence. And <clears throat> before I tell you the sentence, or before I finish the phrase, it can be one word. It can be it can, a, a further sentence. But how would you finish the phrase grief is? I don't, I don't know how to make it into like a, gra- a grammatically correct sentence, um, but it makes me think of like uh, grief is just, it's a mourning of a loss. Um, and that can be good or it can be bad. Uh, I, you know, if you're grieving, like I'm, I'm always going to grieve for the loss of my being able to play soccer, um, but I'm learning new things I never would have gotten to swimming if I didn't so I think to me it's like it's just grieving of a loss 
No, that's beautiful. It really is. Um, that's simple. <laughs> but I, I, I love that we get to meet this person. Obviously, I knew you like back when, but to meet the person who is is really truly you truly truly finding yourself and i think that's got to be so cathartic too just being able to like i mean obviously it sucked having to go through that process of mourning and being angry and, and all those things that came with it but to come out and say like okay it took me 30 some years on in on this earth to figure out like who i really am when it comes whenever everything is stripped away when all the all the frills and everything like this is who I am at the core of my being. And I think that is, that is, I can't say it because I wasn't through it, but it's gotta be worth its weight, you know, through what you went through. I, I would definitely say I would never have found who, who I am or who I'm supposed to be. Um, I feel like I'm definitely a much kinder person, a much more patient person. Um, you know, I'm, I'm always hyper, but I feel, feel like I have much more control of myself now that I'm older and had to go through this than I did before. Um, much more compassionate. Because uh, before I was kind of like, oh, you're fine. Walk it off. Quit complaining. And now I'm like, sometimes you can't. <laughs> I love that. Well, Lindy, thank you for being on the show today. For, yes. for telling thank, us thank you for so having much. me. <laughs> it was so great to reconnect with you and we shouldn't let it be another, you know, 15 20 years before we do it again so. <laughs> oh i agree i agree all right everyone um thank you for tuning in today and we will talk to you later bye everybody bye thank you guys